the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When Jesus Christ returns, Isaiah 9 says the governments will be upon his shoulder. And he will put an end to war and violence and conflict on the earth and there will be peace on earth. Right? Isn't that what the angels declared to the shepherds? Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. There's the Christmas carol, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. That's not really a Christmas carol. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. The world's peace is always temporary. Nations may draw truces, but they aren't forever. Someone might be nice to you if it's your birthday, but you can experience hostility from that same person a week later. We really can't fathom an eternal end to conflict and war. But as Pastor Dan teaches you today, that is exactly what you can expect when Jesus comes again. Peace and joy aren't just nice things to sing about at Christmas time. They are real, tangible experiences that you will have in the future. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He is just, meaning he will rule with justice. He will rule with righteousness. Righteousness will characterize the rule of Jesus Christ. Now, when you think of leaders today, when you think of politicians today, does the word righteousness come to mind? Probably not. Well, Jesus will rule the world with righteousness. Rightness. Justice. And he will have salvation. He will bring salvation for his people. Remember, the angel told Joseph to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. Jesus the King, he came to seek and to save the lost in his kingdom. He came to rescue the people of his kingdom. Now, he will also bring political or military salvation to Israel when he returns at the end of the tribulation period. He will rescue or save Israel then. Also for us, not only does he save us from sin and the penalty of sin, the Bible teaches us that he's going to save us from the wrath that is to come upon this earth in the tribulation period. Just a couple verses for you. Hebrews chapter 9 Verse 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for him. He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. 
So for those who eagerly wait for Jesus Christ to come a second time, if that's, are you eager for Jesus to come? I am. Well, he's going to come a second time for salvation, to save us out of this world and to take us to heaven. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. The Bible says, comfort one another with these words. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. I'm going to come back and I'm going to save you. I'm going to bring salvation to you, not just saving you from your sins or the penalty of your sins or the power of sin. But I'm going to save you out of this world and save you from my wrath that is to come upon this world. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will come and take us from this world and deliver us from the wrath that is to come during the tribulation period described in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. So he's just, he comes having salvation. And then look what it says again in verse 9. And this king is lowly. He's lowly. He's humble. He's meek, unlike any earthly king. You know, the only autobiographical statement Jesus ever made of himself is found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, where Jesus said, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And this king comes not not on a stallion or a chariot, but a donkey. He doesn't come with great pageantry and pride and self-promotion. He comes with humility, lowly, and riding on a donkey, a beast of burden. And he's riding on a beast of burden because Jesus came to bear the burden of our sins for us on the cross. Be our sin bearer. Isaiah 53 says he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He came to bear the burdens of your sin. That's why he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is why he came. It's a different kind of king. And of course, this prophecy here in verse 9 is fulfilled in what we commonly call Palm Sunday or the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, which is recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew's Gospel and John's Gospel quote Zechariah 9.9 and tell us it was fulfilled by Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on his way to the cross to die for the sins of the world and to be resurrected. And as you remember the story in the Gospels, as Jesus made his way into Jerusalem on a donkey, you know, the crowd cheered and they received him as their king. And they began to quote Psalm 118, saying, save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The phrase save now in Hebrew is Hosanna, Hosanna. The people were crying, Hosanna, save us now. Why were they crying that? Well, the king has come. And Zechariah says he brings salvation. So Hosanna, save us now. Bring this salvation to us. Psalm 118 also says, this is the day the Lord has made. 
we will rejoice and be glad in it. This day, this particular day, the Lord has made. What day? This day when our king comes to us to save us. It's a specific day. The day that the king comes into Jerusalem riding a donkey. Now, there's a remarkable prophecy in Daniel chapter 9 that gives us the exact day the Messiah would come into Jerusalem. Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. Again, I encourage you, go back and listen to that if you're not familiar with that prophecy. But it gives us a specific day that the Messiah will come and Jesus presented himself as king on this day, the day that the Lord has made, and it's the only time in his ministry that Jesus received the worship of people, right? Remember everywhere else, he, he, he slips away from the crowd, right? When they want to make him king, he, he gets out of that situation. But on this particular day, he presents himself as the king of the Jews, fulfilling this prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9. He allows the people to worship him as the king. He doesn't stop them. This is the only time he doesn't stop the worship here. Just as Zechariah prophesied the very day Daniel prophesied. And Luke's account of the triumphal entry tells us as Jesus drew near to Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept over Jerusalem as he's riding that donkey into Jerusalem and everybody's worshiping and saying, Hosanna, save us now. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He sees the city of Jerusalem. He bursts into tears and he says, if you had known even you, especially in this, your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that Daniel spoke of and prophesied about when your king would come to you. And you're going to crucify him. The things that make for your peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. Now, verse nine describes his first coming. Well, verse 10 describes his second coming. And so you could say that we're living right now between verses nine and ten. Right there. In the church age. Verse 10. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion, his rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. When Jesus Christ comes again the second time, he will come as the conquering king. He will establish his kingdom on the earth. And we're told here in verse 10, it's alluded to here, he will abolish war from the earth. Now, the Council on Foreign Relations tells us that there are currently 27 ongoing conflicts in the world today. 27 wars. There are 2 billion people living in conflict-affected areas right now. That's 25% of the world's population. According to the United Nations, conflict and violence are on the rise around the world, and peace is more under threat around the world than it has been since World War II. Jesus told us that in the last days, the last days will be characterized by war and violence around the world. A nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The word there for nation is ethnos. It's ethnic group. Ethnic groups are going to start hating each other. 
and going to war with each other. And in Revelation, it says peace will be taken from the earth as part of God's judgment of this world. But when Jesus Christ returns, Isaiah 9 says the governments will be upon his shoulder and he will put an end to war and violence and conflict on the earth and there will be peace on earth. Right? Isn't that what the angels declared to the shepherds? Peace on earth. Goodwill to our men. There's the Christmas carol, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And that's not really a Christmas carol. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. It was written about the second coming of Jesus Christ. When he comes as the king of kings and lord of lords. And rules over all the earth. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Micah chapter 4, verse 3 says, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. When Christ returns and he's ruling over the earth, there's going to be no more war for a thousand years on the earth. It says, look what it says. He shall speak peace to the nations. Literally, he's going to declare peace to the nations and his dominion shall be from sea to sea. He's going to rule over all the earth. And that brings us to verse 11. And verse 11 speaks of Israel. And as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Because of the covenant, not because they're so good, (laughs) not because they're so holy and deserving, but because God entered into a covenant with Israel and God will keep his covenant. God will keep his word and he will set them free from the waterless pit. A waterless pit is a cistern without water. And sometimes in the ancient world, they would throw a prisoner into a cistern, like Joseph was thrown into a cistern by his brothers before they sold him into slavery. But it's interesting that that God would say it this way, that he will set them free from a waterless pit or a cistern without water. This reminds us of Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. Jeremiah 2, 13, where the Lord says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, And they've hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. They created the cisterns that hold no water. They rebelled against God. And they created these cisterns, so to speak, that hold no water. They became prisoners of the waterless pits that they made for themselves. But God says, I'll set you free from that. You guys got yourself into this mess uh, with your rebellion. I'm going to set you free because of the covenant I made with you. Verse 12, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. I like that, you prisoners of hope. 
Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Right? The oldest son received a double portion. God's saying, you're still my children. I still have an inheritance for you. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. It's like the prodigal son, right? Prodigal son comes back and the father receives the prodigal son back and celebrates his return and puts a robe on him, puts the ring on his finger, puts shoes on his feet and says, my son who was lost has been found. My son who's dead is now alive. Kill the fatted calf, right? And here's, this is what the Lord is saying to this whole nation. I'll still give you a double portion. He says, I'm going to make you prisoners of hope. You were prisoners to your rebellion, but now I'm going to make you prisoners of hope. So too with us, right? We're prisoners of hope in a hopeless world. We have hope in Jesus Christ. And we have the blessed hope of the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, to take us to heaven. Prisoners of hope. And then verse 13. For I have bent Judah my bow, fitted the bow with Ephraim, and raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and made you like the sword of mighty men. Again, this is going to be fulfilled ultimately in the kingdom age. Verse 14. Then the Lord will be seen over them, and his arrow will go forth like lightning. Think about the second coming of Jesus Christ as it's described in Revelation. The Lord God will blow the trumpet and go with whirlwinds from the south. The Lord of hosts will defend them. He'll defend his people, Israel. They shall devour and subdue with sling stones, which reminds us of David taking on Goliath. Israel in the tribulation period at the battle of Armageddon, they're going to be outnumbered. All the nations of the world are going to come against them and they're going to look like they're, they're just outnumbered. Just like David compared to Goliath. But God will come to their rescue. Jesus Christ will return. And they shall devour and subdue with sling stones. They shall drink and roar as if with wine, celebrating. They shall be filled with blood like basins. Speaking of Israel, like the corners of the altar. Speaking of the slaughter of the enemies of God at the end of the tribulation. Verse 16. Then the Lord their God will save them in that day. When Jesus Christ returns, riding out of heaven on a white horse, robe dipped in blood, and the armies of heaven are riding with him. And he will save his people in that day. It says, as the flock of his people. And so now Jesus here is described as the shepherd. And the flock of his people. And he will save them as the good shepherd. And they shall be like the jewels of a crown, lifted like a banner over his land. What a description. Now, verse 17, for how great is its goodness and how great its beauty. Grain shall make the young men thrive and new wine the young women. Again, this is looking ahead to the kingdom age. And in the kingdom age, men will thrive on grain or bread and women will thrive on booze. That's what it says. New wine. You can interpret it the way you want to interpret it. But I'm just I'm kidding. 
Grain and new wine, and new wine is actually just grape juice, by the way. Grain and new wine are a picture of the prosperity and the joy and the blessings God's people will enjoy during the kingdom age. And remember, he's writing this in the days of Zechariah. So this little tiny remnant who has returned back to Jerusalem after the captivity, trying to rebuild the temple, and they've been working on this temple for a long time, and they keep getting discouraged and quitting and getting back to the work, and they don't have any walls around the city, and and the city is still just a mess, and they're struggling just to survive. And the thought that one day, one day they, they will dwell in prosperity and blessing and have joy living in that land, wow. Right? And this is the kingdom. He's describing the kingdom. And this causes them, just as it causes us, to look forward to that day. When the kingdom of God comes to this earth. And Jesus Christ is reigning as King of kings and Lord of lords over all the earth. And he's reigning with perfect righteousness. And there's peace on earth. And there's prosperity, and there's joy, and there's the blessing of God upon his people. And just like it says at the end of Revelation, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. See, this is to cause us to long for Jesus to come. Right? Especially as you look at the world that we live in, as dark as it is, and it's getting darker, and as messed up as it is, And it's getting more and more messed up. Our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in any politician or any leader or any election or whatever. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. That one day he's going to come for his bride. Bringing salvation to us. Our king is coming. And he's going to save us out of this world. And he's going to take us to heaven. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. And then at the end of the tribulation, Jesus Christ is going to come back in great power and glory as King of kings, Lord of lords, riding a white horse, robe dipped in blood. Come on. Like sword coming out of his mouth with his words. And the armies of heaven, that's us. We'll be riding with him in our glorified bodies back to this earth. And he's going to stand on the Mount of Olives. And he's going to establish his throne in Jerusalem. And he's going to rule all over this earth. And there'll be one government. And one king. A righteous king. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're waiting for. And all of this is written so that we set our eyes on things above and set our hearts on things above and not on the things of this earth. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus, that you're coming again and that you're going to have the last word in this world. And Lord, I I pray that we would just be looking up, looking to you. Lord, you tell us in your word when we see these things draw near to look up because our redemption draws near. And so, Lord, we're, we're looking up. We see these things. We see what's going on in the world. We see what's going on in our culture. We see how they align with your word and how you're setting the stage and putting things into place. And so, Lord, we we look up. We're looking for you to come. And, Lord, we say, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah. And he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.